Hey everybody, it's Adrian. So before we jump into the episode today, we wanted to let you guys know that we now have a Patreon. Yes, we have a Patreon. It has been set up. You can feel free to go and check out the tiers and see what's going on. We are so excited about it. We are really, really stoked to bring you guys some bonus content. And of course, who knows, maybe some things in the future. So go ahead and check it out. You can find it at patreon.com slash slash her pod. That is a mouthful. Again, that's patreon.com slash slash her pod. And it's slash her with two H's. So S-L-A-S-H-H-E-R slash her pod. And go check out the tiers. And we appreciate you guys' support. Let's go ahead and jump into the episode. everybody and welcome to slash her a delusional look into the art of horror and all things spooky kooky and terrifying my name is adrian and i'm stormy and welcome back to horror anthologies month we are traveling back to the 80s this week um talking about a classic i suppose i suppose <laughs> <laughs> it's in a lot of people's arsenal um yes but we're talking about creep show baby Yes, creep show. And I mean, obviously, guys, there's a lot of segments. So we'll probably get into the movie pretty quickly here. Um, first and foremost, this is my first time ever seeing this movie. I have never seen creep show before. You know, we had to for this podcast. Mm-hmm. And I don't, it was very interesting, I will say. I mean, it feels very 80s, of course. Yeah. Um, but I guess I don't want to give away all my cards too soon. Have you ever seen this before, this? Yeah. Oh, you have? Work. A cardinal sin in the horror to not you watch creep show right i don't give a f- <laughs> <laughs> um, you never do i always apologize like i'm so sorry guys and you're like i haven't seen it. i don't give a fuck <laughs> it just it, you know just uh you know it wasn't what my family yeah. was throwing on the tv um i like, could see i mean we'll get into it but i could see like why it's not a a family fave to like throw on yeah my family was you know traumatizing me so this definitely doesn't <laughs> fall within like the category of films that they were showing me mm-hmm. um it feels a lot more like fun lighthearted, i suppose um a l- lot of colors yeah i can see why they probably wouldn't have i can see why my family wouldn't even be like super interested in this mm-hmm. um i wish they would have showed me this i know i would have loved this movie as a kid yeah i feel like i would have if i was shown this movie a lot earlier in life i feel like i would have more love for it mm-hmm. than i currently do when did you watch um, it when you, did i watch yeah, it? yeah do you remember like the first time you ever saw this guy no i watched it let's see Every year no, for no, no. Oh. <laughs> you know the whole thing. No, I don't remember the first time that I watched it, but I know that I watched it when we first started the podcast. I was like, let me go back to the originals. Literally pulled up Google, but <laughs> interesting. <laughs> it was probably like within the first year that we started the podcast that I watched this movie. Wow. Um, but before that, I've seen it 
multiple times. I don't remember my first watch, though. She's not a memorable one. Mm, okay. Well, the only thing, the, I mean, to be quite honest, beyond just knowing that this was directed by George A. Romero and the screenplay was by Stephen King mm-hmm. um, and it being an anthology, like my knowledge of this movie was very bare bones. Like I didn't really know anything beyond those you know tidbits of information mm-hmm. um and outside of that the only other thing was back in 2019 when we went to halloween horror nights together one of the shows or uh, one of the haunts that they had set up that year was a creep show haunted house right so beyond walking through that haunted house and you know experiencing that again my knowledge of creep show is it was bare bones before i watched it and even then i don't remember the the haunt at all yeah. At all. I remember the outside of it. It was really cute. It was, you know, the whole comic book theme. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm pretty sure when we walked through it, like there would be sections where you'd be entering each different story. Right. But I just don't remember anything else that was happening, you know? Yeah. But outside of that, my yeah, my knowledge was limited on this movie. Um, yeah. You can tell it's a Romero movie. I don't really get a whole sure. lot of um, Stephen King vibes. I didn't like get a writer. I didn't get <laughs> a, a murderous husband. I'm, oh, I did get a murderous husband. <laughs> Never mind. You sure I did. did. You um, really did. I can definitely see the Stephen King all over this for really? sure. Mm-hmm. Especially I'm 80s just oblivious. King. Coked out King. Yeah, for Uh-oh, sure. I can definitely out see King. that. Right. I can see this all over this fucking thing. On top of him being in the movie also, which was <laughs> right. ridiculous to me. Um yeah, I can, I can, I can smell the Stephen King on this for sure. Hmm. Um, Maybe I'm just not observant enough. <laughs> also, uh, I mean, do we want to? Uh, what? Tell me. A shady always. <laughs> um, I watched the sober, and I was so bored. <laughs> so Work. bored. Okay. See, I, I like this movie. Um, obviously, I mean, again, this is a movie from 1982. Yeah. Uh, this I'm watching it for the first time in 2022, mm-hmm. quite literally 40 years later. Um, so watching it for the first time here, like uh, I wasn't like gagging at everything that was happening, mm-hmm. but I had a good enough time. Uh, but once you hit like that hour mark, you're kind of like, what else do we have I to show like for? I feel like you can feel every minute of this movie. It's very long. It's, it's very two long. hours. Yeah. I made it whenever I was watching it at work. Um, I made it to like an hour and a half where a normal movie would be yeah and i was like rolling my eyes i was like i'm so bored and I texted adrian <laughs> he was just like oh i wanted to watch together and i was like say less turned it off <laughs> turned it off right away <laughs> you can feel the length of this and then one for sure yeah but watching it high oh she's experience. great yeah she's fun. Experience. yeah 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 she's fun um I, th- I don't think it comes as a surprise to most people that know me that i don't care for this movie i don't a lot of 80s movies aren't really my jam. Yeah, see, Stormy's not all about that. And see, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum here because I enjoyed it. Um, I really, I liked it. I can see myself quite honestly watching this one again. Mm. Um, there's some segments that they don't, they, they don't, they just don't hit for me. Yeah. Um, but the segments that I like, I really like. And honestly, the movie itself is just really pretty. Um, oh yeah, I the love colors. The, yes, the colors. Sound are design gorgeous. is trash. Shit. It's hard to hear everything. Yeah. Um, it's very difficult. But when to you hear. hear it, you hear it a lot. Like it's loud. Yeah, it's one of those things, obviously, where, like, when the loud sounds come in, like, it's very loud. And then the dialogue, of course, is stifled by, uh, I don't know, I don't know. Somebody had their fucking balls on the boom mic or something oh on set. God. But it's just very hard to hear these people talk um, outside of, like, the loud happenings. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, I think it's really pretty. I think it's really fun. I love the comic book aspect of it. Um, these yeah. were apparently uh, based off of EC comics from the 50s, mm-hmm. which I had no knowledge of that either. Yeah. Which, I mean, do you know? What are EC comics? No, I knew they were based off of like an original series, but I didn't, I don't know anything about like. We got the internet, right? Hold on. Let me <laughs> check for you guys. So EC comics, of course. Oh, okay. I mean, there's a lot of information online here, obviously, on EC Comics. Um, but yeah, I can definitely see the influence. Okay, cute. At least within the design of everything as well. Mm-hmm. And like the weird, creepy stories. Okay, cute. Um, I'm going to say it's probably like the 50s version of like No Sleep. Pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. What they had to be able to be spooky. Right. Uh, one thing I do like, though, obviously, I mean... <laughs> the one the horror anthology that i knew growing up like the comic book aspect obviously i immediately thought of trick-or-treat um so i immediately was like oh okay cute trick-or-treat was probably playing homage to creep show um which i really liked you know i like when i love when horror can be referential right. without being like you know a copy and paste situation mm-hmm. so i did like that a lot i really i don't know i, I just love i love george a. romero mm-hmm. um his directing style is great and it also has like a lot of camp to it a lot of the times like a lot of the zoom ins that he does and like a lot of the just when he chooses to like cue sounds and stuff like it just feels very campy sometimes yeah so i think kind of putting his lens into like a comic book makes sense thing yeah it's really really fun to watch whenever they do the silly zoom ins with the like comic book effects in the background like the boom or you know what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, that's i love those it's so ridiculous it's really fun i roll my eyes but it's like one of those where you're like rolling your eyes but laughing at the same time (laughs) yeah again if i was a kid and like again i saw this for the first time i would have been i would have loved yeah loved it I'm, I'm i'm like really really uh, now i'm ready to go back and like beat up everybody in my family because i'm honestly kind of pissed that they never showed me this as a kid i knew i would have been obsessed i would have been wanting you know creep show comic books i would have gone down a whole rabbit hole of probably being obsessed with anthologies yeah this one i could definitely see being like a real kickstart for probably a lot of people back in the 80s mm-hmm. uh for their love of horror i would assume especially kids it also gives, like, I mean, for us being 90s kids, it gives off a lot of goosebumps energy. Oh, my God. Goosebumps um, everywhere. Yeah. All over this, So sure. I feel like... A little bunch just of Canadian like, TV. Yeah. Everywhere. <laughs> just like with goosebumps, that would have sent me into a spiral when I was younger. But I'm old and jaded now. The time <laughs> has passed. <laughs> Maybe, see, I, 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 it was just, it was fun. Every time I saw something that reminded me of goosebumps... Um, I just, I always get a good go when something is like, you know, as silly as a Goosebumps episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this movie definitely, you know, uh, she sticks to that. Um, but yeah, you know, I really enjoyed this movie. Stormy, again, you know, uh, she wasn't living. So we might as well just go through these segments, kind of see what we're getting from Creepshow. Um, and then that way we can rank our segments for you guys at the end. Um, so give us just a few. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. So if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating. Again, we're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. Alrighty, we are back. And this week, again, we are discussing Creepshow. Originally released on November 10th, 1982. The film was directed, of course, again by the legendary director George A. Romero with the screenplay by Stephen King. With the runtime of 2 hours and 10 minutes, 
The film was made on an estimated budget of around $8 million before going on to see an opening weekend of $5.8 million and then a worldwide gross of $21 million. Now, with this movie, we'll kind of give the cast information as we go through each segment. Um, but should we just dive right into the first segment? Let's do it. So our very first segment is called Father's Day. Um, this one has a very limited cast. So we have Carrie Nye as Sylvia, Vivica Linfers as Aunt Bedelia, Ed Harris as Hank Blaine, Warner Shook as Richard Grantham, Elizabeth Reagan as Cass, and John Lormer as Nathan Grantham. But before we do jump into Father's Day, um, so the movie, of course, as with many anthologies, does start with, you know, something a little bit different. So we do get a father and a son and a mother. We do see, of course, that the little boy is reading the Creepshow comic book, which, of course, angers this white man from the 80s. Um, He slaps his son, throws away the magazine or throws away the comic book in the trash. And that essentially leads us into our opening credits. Um, I love the opening credits for this movie. Also, obviously, they are... I mean they're gorgeous they're animated i love anything animated in general um it gives me very much night of the demons um which of course was also from the 80s so i love the opening credits again if i was a kid i would have been eating this shit up for sure oh yeah like i'm not to continually compare it to goosebumps but that's the energy it gives <laughs> and that man slapping his son that hard over a comic book suck my ass. A little. He deserves exactly what he got. He honestly, yeah, he deserves what he um, has coming to him for sure. Because yeah, I mean, it's a comic book, and I mean, it might be scary and whatnot, but he could, your son could be doing much worse. There's no reason to be so like up in arms over this little bitty comic book that he's reading. Right, literally, just be like, well, if you have bad dreams, don't come crying to me like <laughs> most parents do. Also, that father, of course, is Tom Atkins, who is quite literally an icon in the horror sphere. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, he's not Halloween 3, The Fog, My Bloody Valentine from 2009, the remake of all things, Night of the Creeps, Trick, which is also a recent horror movie. So Tom Atkins, of course, again, is very, very well known within the horror sphere. He doesn't have much in here, but it's nice to see him kind of have like that little cameo at the beginning and then at the very end. Yeah. He plays, you know, a douchey old dad pretty fucking well. That's what he's known for. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyways, let's go ahead and jump into the first segment. Um, so Father's Day. So this one's really, really fun to me. This one kind of operates more along the lines, almost like of, I don't know. I mean, we said it last week. This one gives me like the vibes of like, you know, like something you would read on the internet. Like mm-hmm. if, again, no sleep. Like I can see this being like one of those stories. Yeah. I mean, I guess any of these you really could see that. But this one gives me a vibe that I really enjoy. It gives me, yeah, like no sleep mixed with like a whodunit. Yeah. And yeah. it's also the most like slasher-esque one that yeah. we get as well because people are getting knocked out one by one. Mm-hmm. Um, so fun for me. This one, I enjoy it. It's probably like one of my top ones. Okay. But uh, they're so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, the family dynamic man? is awful. Oh, my God. I mean, and, but I think awful. they do it well. Play like miserable family people really awful. Well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Misery loves company, and this family is just made of miserable people who are <laughs> be, uh, hungry for money. Um, <laughs> but the is she an aunt? Yes. This one in white? Yes, okay, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, okay. yes, yes. So the aunt literally 
she calls the the girl a pig. Yeah. Well, hold on. Let's get everybody in line first. <laughs> okay. So we have, of course, we have two aunts pretty much to our two younger people in this segment. So we have a brother and a sister, Richard and Cass, who, of course, are meeting up with their aunt Sylvia. So that way they can meet together, all three of them, with their what the Aunt younger Padilla. ones, yeah, they're Aunt Padilla. Well, Sylvia's Aunt Padilla and Cass and Richard's great Aunt Padilla. Yeah, um, and you know, joining the festivities this year is um, Cass's new husband Hank, um, who is different than the rest of them because everybody else is very prim, they're very proper, they're very posh. It's like a very rich, fancy house that they reside in. Um, they're all dressed in suits and fancy blouses, and you know, Hank is new and he's dressed, I guess, essentially like a cowboy. He has some flannel on, like a belt buckle. A cowboy. <laughs> uh, so he's different, you know. Um, mm. But these are the four individuals that we're met with here at the house. They're waiting for Great Aunt Bedelia to meet them for a Father's Day lunch, essentially. Um, but yes, first off, before we talk about the aunt, uh, yeah, the dynamic is awful. These people are just like nasty to each other. Um, obviously, you know, the hate runs deep in this family. Right. And it's giving very, like... I hired people to murder my uncle (laughs) 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 to get the money type stuff, but they don't have to hire because crazy Aunt Bedelia. Right. Amelia Bedelia. (laughs) The the entire time, this entire segment, yeah, I was like, Amelia Bedelia, every time they mentioned the aunt's (laughs) name. Um, Because that is such a funny name to me. Bedelia, she's very interesting. It just, it like trips over my tongue. Bedelia. Bedelia. I feel like I'm always saying it wrong. Right. I feel bad, kind of. Like it's such a. For Bedelia? I mean, for anybody named Bedelia, it's just like, I mean, I guess it's unique enough, but I would just like, it's it's such a weird name to me. It really is Bedelia. All I would think about is Amelia Bedelia because yeah, exactly. of the books. Isn't she like a wreck? She is kind of her a mess, books? right? Yeah, 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 yeah. She causes a lot of chaos. Yeah, on like, accident. On accident. She means well. Quote, unquote, accident. Oh, my God. I don't trust a little bit. She's just chaos <laughs> <laughs> on yeah, purpose. exactly. She gave me, uh, like, the adult version of uh, David. Remember Dear David or whatever those books were called? That kid who was always getting into messes and stuff? She's like the adult version of that, I feel like. Oh, whenever you said that, my brain went to the Twitter incident, Dear David. Oh, yeah, Dear David. That's what, yeah, 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 yeah. you're completely That's right. What went. That's the wrong thing. What is I'm the, trying to that think. That David kid, though, that was always dirty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> dirty David. Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'll find the picture real fast. Um, Just because he was messy. Are you, you talking about Dennis the Menace? No, 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 oh, no, no, okay. no, David, he was like a little guy. Um, <laughs> just a silly bald. little guy. Uh, let me see, Dennis. It wasn't, oh, no, Dennis. I'm fucking putting Dennis in. David, kids book. <laughs> I'm sure everybody at home yeah, is screaming. No I David. What? It's called No David. No David. Oh, I'm getting a picture. Does he only have like two teeth? I feel like I can picture the book now. Hold on. I'm, these pictures. Uh, he has a, a few teeth. Yeah. Yeah, that little bastard. Yeah, him. Yeah, so okay. that's I what she, uh, Amelia always reminded me of. It was an adult version of that. That makes sense. Um, anyway, so this family hates each other. And the reason that they're getting together on Father's Day is because seven years prior, Bedelia, who um, at the time was taking care of her older father um, after he, I mean, pretty much was incapacitated, I guess, couldn't care for himself. Um, apparently out of sheer rage or frustration, as you know, they kind of tell the story, as they're telling Hank because he's new here. Uh, pretty much out of, again, frustration or rage, she took a very heavy ashtray and took it to the back of her father's head and killed him. And I can see why. Yeah, and we uh, will come to know why, and we come to side with her. <laughs> well, I come to side with her in this scenario. 
Um, but of course, obviously, you know, it's it's hearsay. They don't know for certain if she did kill him or not. Although the family seems to think that she, uh, you know, did. So now they meet together every year on Father's Day because of Bedelia's guilt towards killing her father. But as we also come to know, Bedelia, prior to killing her father, I guess, had a man, a lover, a dick that she was slobbing down on oh that she God. was so fucking obsessed with. Hot loads of cum were shooting down the back you of Bedelia's dream. throat. And she was, you know, feeling her fantasy. She was excited. She was happy. Um, she was able to be happy, you know, outside of having to deal with her fucking father. And apparently uh, her man was murdered. <laughs> well, he died. And she, of course, believes that her father killed him. Um, it was like a hunting accident, I believe. So she, again, she had every motive here at this point to kill her father. Um, we see a flashback as she's driving towards the house, um, speeding towards the house in her little car, um, where obviously her father was yelling at her, demanding for her to make him a cake. And she just was fed up and killed him. Yeah. She was literally already decorating the cake. All he had to wait was like five more minutes. Five but. seconds, my guy. <laughs> my God. Yeah. He's like your dick can't get hard anymore. Like what else are you waiting for? Just wait for your cake. Oh my God. I hate this old man. Like he is. Yeah, he's awful. Worst. He also, whenever Amelia, Amelia, <laughs> whenever Bedelia, <laughs> Amelia, Bedelia. Hits, <laughs> hits him with the ashtray, he falls for three oh to five business God, days. Yes. He falls for so long. I thought the TV glitched for a second because <laughs> he like, he gets struck and then he's arms out and then like he stops for at least two seconds and it's enough to notice before he like moves his body a little bit more and then like they cut to the next scene. Um, but it was very funny. Obviously they were like, just hold it for a little bit and then pretend to fall slowly uh, but it was very funny to see. I don't know why they couldn't just given him a crash pad to just full, right. full For the body send. double. Like, where's the body double? And just right. do it from the behind, you know? Don't show us his face. Just show him fall to the ground from behind. Right. But, you know, whatever. It's cute. Um, obviously, that's all intertwined with, like, these crazy panels and these crazy colors. Again, probably my favorite thing about this, obviously, is just, like, the comic book inspiration. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a kid who was, like, into comic books growing up. Like, I didn't really read them. Um, and even now, like, they're not, like, my choice of, you know media mm -hmm. but it's really cute obviously like seeing this in this movie it's really nice it's really gorgeous yeah and yeah i really enjoy it but yeah she knocks him the fuck out kills him and he deserves it but anyways they all come together on father's day to pretty much have a dinner together um and they let hank know that bedelia when she shows up typically goes and sits in the cemetery <laughs> at her father's grave site for you know hours at a time before they eat so they really aren't expecting her to show up until a little bit later so when she does show up and goes out to the cemetery she of course drunkenly starts to talk to her father's grave she brought the gym beam she pours gym one beam. out for the homie <laughs> <laughs> she's uh yeah having a good time at this gravesite, crying yelling you know having all the trauma of hating her father but also feeling guilty that she killed him um and yeah i mean unfortunately for her she starts to hear him crying out in the distance asking for his cake and before we know it and yeah, i mean come on we couldn't have a george a Romero movie with some type of or without some type of zombie her father rises from the grave um he's a creepy little skeleton zombie um and he strangles her to death and it's pretty fucking gnarly i think he looks great um i love the design of the zombie he's giving classic zombie um yeah. Well, I guess not like classic, but I mean, a skeleton zombie, which I really love. Um, yeah, I think he looks great, to be honest. I really, it looks good, but I really hate the way that his like mouth is like 
gummed <laughs> together. It's really gross. <laughs> it's really gross. Yeah, he comes up with all that dirt and shit all over yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, in that mouth. You know, it moves out of sync with what he's saying. So right. <laughs> and yeah, it's one of those. After fucking Bedelia is dead, we get a cut back to like the family in the house. Yeah. And the married couple's just having a full-on fucking dance party. Yeah, it's like, a little strange. I mean, I've never had a dance party like around my family. <laughs> like what? You never danced in front of your family? No. Hmm. I'm trying to think. I'm trying showing to think family. Now. I mean, showing joy around my family. Never. I'm trying to think of how I. I'm probably honestly. Before I turned 14, I'm yeah. I was always dancing in front of my family. They're whole ass adults, <laughs> and they're they're acting like they're at the club. They're <laughs> doing the p- fucking. Money, money, do the pony. Yeah, Hank and Cass are getting lit. They're <laughs> they're getting lit. They're twirling around, having a good time. You know, the aunt Sylvia's yelling at them to turn down the music, and they completely disregard her. Um, and before they know it, they're like, "Oh my god, well, Bedelia's not here. It's late. She should be here. She's probably out in the cemetery." Hank, go check it out. So they send poor Hank out there. He walks outside and he sees Bedelia's car wide open. Yeah, she didn't bother to shut her car door before she went out to the cemetery. Well, even, th- even if that was the case, I'd be like, bitch, something is, something's going on. If I walked out of the house and, you know, her The door's car, open and yeah. I haven't seen her? Right. Right. And we haven't seen her for hours. I was like, something's happening. I'm going to go back inside and I'm going to, I'm going to alert the family to fucking Bedelian being missing already. Like, I wouldn't even bother. And I wouldn't go to the cemetery by myself, no less. Right. And again, yes, Hank is in the uh, cemetery. Um, I really love... Again, I just, if anything with this movie, I think I just love the way it looks visually. Um, obviously, there's so much fog in the cemetery. I mean, it's over the top, and I'm all about it. The fog machines were cranking, um, and it looks amazing. Uh, we do spend probably a little bit too much time walking around the cemetery with Hank. We're probably here for, I don't know, like three, four minutes maybe. And he's just kind of walking around looking at nothing. So they could have got to his death a lot quicker but we get to it eventually he gets to of course the old man's grave uh he sees the empty bottle of liquor uh he ends up falling into the grave it's like uh slow it's like a little bit concaved into the ground um and what's ridiculous is as soon as he falls into the open grave essentially the tombstone like starts to move right i would have been out of this grave so fast and he does nothing he just looks at it blink, blink. just stares and then Bedelia's dead body ends up rolling onto him and he freaks out momentarily because he like reaches out to grab the ground. He ends up grabbing her arm and like he freaks out, but it's like, it's not even like that much of a reaction. And again, then he just stares at the tombstone and patiently waits, just keeps staring. Uh, the old man walks up in his zombie form. He freaks out a little bit and then the tombstone falls on his head and he's killed. Uh, he maybe wanted to die because what were we doing here? He did not even bother to try to get up. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where his will to live was, but I wasn't here tonight. But I mean, I mean, I guess to play devil's advocate for him, if I fell back into like a somewhat open grave and then I saw the tombstone already kind of start to like kneel from behind, I also probably would just be frozen in fear and not know <laughs> what to do. I um, would be scared, but like I still feel like I would have some type of reaction to try to move. Yeah. yeah, he just lays there. Do nothing at like all. at least if I move, maybe it clips my leg. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't squish my face directly. You know, like <laughs> just some type of effort, sir. Yes, a little bit of something would have been nice, but he dies, and so we're back inside with the family. They're patiently waiting their deaths as well because you know Big Papa's gonna come and kill them all. 
Um, Cass is still in there dancing and twirling. It's crazy. I don't know if she's just trying to prove to her Aunt Sylvia that she's not a fat hog because she likes to pick at her weight, which is crazy to me. Like one of the first things. Her waist things, is snatched. She's so small. So snatched. Her jawline is like Chisel. razor sharp. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like the aunt makes like passive comments about her being a hog and like eating too much. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You like, are literally the same size, probably. Same size. But it's a thing it's just trying to instill probably the fear of not wanting to be fat in her. Again, it's just like really toxic. Um, so maybe, I don't know, maybe she's dancing and sweating to prove that she's fucking fit and <laughs> can move around, I guess. But She's like, I can do Zumba for four hours, <laughs> right. Sylvia. Bitch, I'm doing fucking uh, cardio every day. She's twirling. She's dancing. This was the I beginning of Zumba. I watch Richard Simba. Oh, my God. Yeah, Richard, <laughs> Richard Simmons. Simmons. Yes. Yeah, this is the 80s. So this is very beginning of, you know, Olivia Newton-John, physical um, Let's get physical. They should have paid for the rights <laughs> to that song in this scene. I would have gagged. Imagine. Yeah, I would have lived. Um, <laughs> she just <laughs> the zombie just comes out in full like spandex. Oh my god, like thriller. Oh dancing. my god, work. Oh my god, yes. I think this is I want thriller. my cake. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, he bends he... over and it's his ass. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> his bony ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, would you eat a bony ass? <laughs> Have I before? Have you already? I have. I've, oh, I've <laughs> um, looks downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I've never eaten us. Oh, yeah. It's actually very enjoyable. It's delectable. It's really, 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 really nice. Yeah. Is it? No. Uh, um, do you I, like to eat pussy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then you'll love to eat ass. <laughs> I mean, I guess I don't want to put everybody in the same box or whatever. Mm, <laughs> and assume yeah. if you enjoy pussy, if you eat ass. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'll have to ask like around and see. Obviously, there's gonna be preferences. Opinions. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because an ass is probably a lot scarier to like go head first into in comparison to you know like a, a vagina. I would at least assume. Probably, I would at least probably, be more yeah, scared. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was very scared to go towards an ass like that for yeah. the first time. So I think I don't know. I've never done it, and also I've never had it done. Um, <gasps> it scares me. There was one guy that I was sleeping with. <laughs> Not okay. <to> get. Uh-huh. <laughs> Stop. I was like with this one guy and he would like go down on me and then he would like start to travel south and I would like eat like <laughs> instantly just clap my legs closed. So like <laughs> Your fucking ass cheeks like, would just squish together. <laughs> it's like, you know, when people like the opposite clench of their butt cheeks. <laughs> when people like clench your butt cheeks so hard that like they, they pull their <laughs> Yeah. They like pull their underwear in or oh something. My God. <laughs> yeah. Literally snatching. <laughs> You're biting at his fucking tongue as it <laughs> travels near the hole. Mm-hmm. Stupid. <laughs> yeah, I just can't. I can't get into it. I'm scared. It's very scary. I'm not gonna I'm lie. Scared. Like the first time I put that ass up and was like, put a tongue in it. I was like, there's gonna be shit everywhere. It's gonna be <laughs> so <laughs> disgusting. It's gonna yeah. stink. Mm-hmm. Even though obviously you know I probably showered two times before. Right. But like you're just always concerned. You're always like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? I feel like I could do everything right in the world. And I would still be so scared. Oh, yeah. Literally. I would douche twice. You know, I would, again, shower multiple times. I would make sure that hole was prim and proper. Mm-hmm. And it's always scary. Yeah. Like, no matter what. But honestly, with anal, even to this day, you're always going to have, like, that fear. 
No matter how yeah. clean I am, I'm like, there's going to be shit on the dick. So <laughs> it's a yeah. very scary situation, but it feels Anal great. only, oh. It really does. Like yeah. once you have that ass eaten, um, whenever you allow somebody to do that, if ever, mm-hmm. if your preference is ever lean towards ass eating, <laughs> okay. um, it feels great. It really does. Plus, like you just feel like a badass with your peach up in the air. Like <laughs> that, to be honest. Do I? You do, girl. I can have my ass up in the air for like other things, I feel like. Like, it's the aspect of, like, the position. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh. when you're going down on somebody in the front, like, typically, I mean, there's many different positions you can do to, <laughs> to go down on somebody in the front. But, like, when you're getting your ass in, like, mm-hmm. like you're having to poke it out. Right. Know? And that just feels really kinky. But isn't it the same as, I mean, call me, color me stupid, I guess. But, like, isn't it the same? Aren't you in doggy? I mean, yeah, essentially, yes. Yeah. But, like, it's... It's, it's different. different. It You're really presenting different. it or what? When it's like, you just got to feel that tongue on your hole. Like, I can't explain <laughs> it. I really can't explain the uh, the feeling of having your ass eaten until <laughs> it happens. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and I can't explain the, I mean, obviously, again, these are things that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, maybe you might enjoy it. If you ever, again, you know, transition into doing stuff like that, mm-hmm. that type of ass play, I'll let <laughs> me know. Let me know your uh, experience. Let me know okay, if right. <laughs> how you feel about it. Because um, it's really great. We'll give you an update on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You know what, like, cracks me up? Bonus points like, if it's bony. <laughs> you know? Right. You know what's so funny to me is, like, I know my mom used to listen to the podcast. Bitch, I, was about to say, I know my mom used to eat ass. I was like, what? <laughs> I know my mom used to listen to the podcast. Okay. And like, I'm pretty sure she doesn't anymore. I feel like once we started to get a little bit more open, she's like, okay, <laughs> like left. Um, But part of me is like worried. She's going to be like, oh, creep show, like 80s. Woo-hoo. I remember this movie. Yeah. <laughs> this is the episode, the ass eating episode. She's going <laughs> to tune in. Um, That's always my fear with my mom, too. She has not listened to Hi, one Karen. episode. <laughs> Um, actually, that's why my mom was only listening mm-hmm. to our first episode. She hasn't listened to anything else. Mm-hmm. But that's fair warning. I was like, <laughs> D- I, I know how you are, mom. I probably wouldn't listen to it if you don't want to hear me talk about things you're probably not going to enjoy hearing me talk <laughs> about. So she hasn't. She's supportive. Me and my mom never like talked about it. But not like yeah, yeah, warning yeah. her of what the content right, 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 right. was. Never, okay. I never warned her. Um, I just remember her like w- in conversation. She'd be like, "Oh yeah, I really enjoyed this episode," or like that was so funny. And it was for like probably like the first three or four episodes, maybe. Okay. Maybe, and A then prime? just <laughs> and then eventually, I just I just realized it eventually, and I was like, "Wow, mom hasn't talked about my podcast in a while." I wonder what episode broke the camel's back. Which was the mom. one? <laughs> If you're my mom, I have questions why you listened to this far. I want to know what. But, um, honestly, any of you guys. <laughs> if you guys are coming back and listening to us, um, you're like, hey, let's give these guys another try. If there's an episode that caused you to be like, I can't do this anymore, let us know. I want to yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to know your breaking point. Anytime that you decide I that, like, like, I'm going to take that. a break. Even with our like our kinky like sex talk, I feel like there's people that are much more you know, in detail. People listen to Joe Rogan. So I don't want to hear it. Um, but yes, <laughs> the bony ass eating. So back to the bones. Um, so the zombie again is here to kill the family. So anyways, right. the rest of the family's in the house. They're having a party, a shindig. So Aunt Sylvia, she goes to the kitchen. She's trying to find, you know, the maid or the cook or whatever the hell she is. Mm-hmm. Um, can't find her. Uh, gorgeous home, by the way. It's really, really gorgeous. Um, but when she goes to, like, the kitchen area, she sees the, the maid's dead body. It hits a doorway. And when the 
aunt turns around, Sylvia, she turns around and she's met face to face with old man bag of bones. And he, um, is it the best death in this movie? Definitely one of the best deaths in this movie. I think. The way she, he twists her neck off, reaches out and just twists her neck around. I was like, uh, work. We did a full 180. Literally Frames. just fucking turned her head right around. It was everything. Yeah. I loved you it. spin my head around. <laughs> uh, Sorry. It was I gotta great. Go. It was really great. Yeah. It, he. I gagged. I was not expecting that to be quite I honest. gasped the first time. I was like, oh. <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah. It was intense. I, I truly did. I yelped. I was like, oh my God. Like, I mean, this is, you know, uh, you know, prime era for practical effects. So mm-hmm. I don't know why I was expecting this movie to not be like so gore heavy, especially when it's fucking George A. Romero and Stephen King. But I wasn't expecting it to be something that was so graphic. Maybe it was just like the general introduction through comic books and stuff. I was maybe expecting it to be maybe more TV 14 as, com- you know, in comparison to rated M for Richard. But it surely gagged me and I was living for it. Um, but after that happens, you know, uh, the other, the two siblings, um, they're like, well, what the fuck are we going to do? Let's go look into the kitchen. So they're going to go try to find their aunt Sylvia. And as they're heading to the kitchen, grandpa Bagabones comes out. He has the, uh, Sylvia's head on a platter and he's like, I got my cake. And then, you know, it pulls out the, to a comic strip and the end of the first segment is here. Um, really fun segment to be honest. She's very quick. She's very to the point. Um, and I quite enjoy that to be honest because some of these segments really, they feel like they kind of drag it out a little bit. Uh, yeah. But this one was straight to the point. I really liked it. I like how we took the most straightforward um, comic and just talked about it for thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also we would be amiss not to mention how um, the brother in this Richard he is obviously very queer. Um. And it's quite enjoyable. I was rooting for him. I'm glad that he didn't die, or at least we didn't get to see him die. Right. Um, he's an asshole, but honestly... He's reading everybody up and down. I was about to say, the gays are always going to be assholes. Mm-hmm. So he's just feeding into the culture. The girls are just tired, old, nasty bitches, and he's a queen. Yeah. So, you know, he's just reading, yeah, left and right. He's great. He's very funny. Um, he calls Hank a hick, I think, at one yeah. point. She's um, like, he's like, you're uh, talking about her husband. About yeah. Hank, and he's like, "He's your hick." I mean, husband. <laughs> and then I mean, she's like, "Please already. go with me to go she find him." It's a little much, right? Because she kept like so begging. Annoying. Stormy Please. hated her, oh, you yeah, guys. Yeah. When we were watching this, Stormy was ready to murder good old Cass, um, but because she's like, "Go find him. He's yeah. your fucking husband. Go find him yourself, bitch." Also, like, especially if I don't like him, I'm fully on the brother's side. Yeah, same. I'm I don't like him. Well. Why would I go look for him? Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't like any of you fuckers. If I'm anybody's bad. dying, hopefully it's you. You should next in line. <gasps> well, anyways, but yeah, we would be amiss to you know um, bypass his queerness. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a really fun segment. Uh, it's great to be quite honest. I enjoy it. We'll see if it's one of my faves at the end. Hey. Moving on to the next segment, we have The Lonesome Death of Jordy Verrill. Uh, this segment is pretty much dominated by Stephen King, who plays Jordy Verrill. This one is... Stupid. <laughs> well, I will say, obviously, I... that Stephen in this one, um, he he acts a little stupid, you know? Yeah, it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's very silly, very stupid, very whatever. Um, I'm... <sighs> 
But this one also is the one that made me it the most me, uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. It gives me the This egg. is the one I, I couldn't, like, watch. Like, mm-hmm. it was really tough. Like, I'd be laughing at something or how silly it was, and the next I would quite literally be looking <laughs> away from the TV. <laughs> that's, all I, that's all I could bear in <laughs> Oh, yeah. I was, <laughs> I was gagging the entire mm-hmm. time. Because it's gross. Yeah. It makes me a little sad that, like, one of my least favorite um, scenes is the one that has the cameo of Stephen King. Um, but yeah, uh, whatever. I mean, I don't want to spoil it. This one um, and the last one I met are definitely battling out for the bottom of my list. Because mm-hmm. um, they both kind of give me like a similar vibe where they're like very, you know, we're following one single person the entire time. Yeah. Um, at least Stephen King's enjoyable. The man in the very last segment is not enjoyable. You're right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, he's doing his best to try to to try to act his best um right. and there's just some fun comedic spots so i i don't want to talk about the rankings just yet um but i can see this one you know fighting for its life especially with like the premise of everything yeah uh, so he's they you make know, jordy out to be a very i mean he's essentially a farmer somebody that lives out in the country yeah um they they market him as somebody who's not intelligent yeah very stupid um that he's just like a dumb hick, the quote, yeah. <laughs> the stereotype, I guess. Um, a meteor comes and lands on the earth. <laughs> <laughs> the smallest little meteor you will ever see. It right. is very small. And he instantly, I mean, maybe just not much was known about meteors. <laughs> or it's because he's not smart, I guess. But he just walks up to it, just goes straight into the crater and starts to touch, tries to touch it. I'm like, bitch, that fell from the sky. It's hot. <laughs> It's Very hot. It just crashed through the Earth's dumbass. atmosphere. <laughs> right. Like, did you see this crater that you're crawling into in order to touch this? Like, you're <laughs> fucking wild, bro. But he goes and he touches it and it burns him, obviously. Um, which, and the burn on his finger is disgusting. Yeah, it gets really bad really quickly. Like, it just, it, I don't know. Just for some reason, even the very first, like, where it's just blisters, it makes me sick to my stomach. That's the worst part, for sure. The body horror in this thing is nasty. It like, really is. And that's what's so weird to me. <laughs> like, this is very simple body horror. Yeah, it's um, not even drastic. But, like, and I, y'all know me, I'm a gore whore. But, um, like, I don't know. It just doesn't sit right with me. That's gross. It's really, really nasty. And it burns him, and he has what, I guess this is, like, what, a dream sequence, I guess? He's daydreaming about all this money he's going to get from the Department of Meters at, uh, <laughs> at the college. At the college, yeah. <laughs> he's going to sell it to the, the college. and He he knows what he has. He's going to get $200 for this thing. and So he can pay off his bank loan. Right. Which, I mean, at least he's being responsible. He's trying to pay off loans. He's trying to make moves. <laughs> um, <laughs> gross we have as always we have the movie in the background and it was the blisters yeah gross um but it's very hot um and so once he figures out that it's hot and it burns him and he has his dream sequence he's like well i gotta cool it off in order to take it in take it in (laughs) yeah so then he pours water on it and it splits in half a very bright blue like a liquid inside of it uh which i think is really really pretty Right, and he talks a lot of shit. He talks down to himself, which we learn is because his father talked down to him a lot. Yeah. He's the f- the familial trauma in Stephen King uh, timeline yeah. is straight on point. <laughs> um, 
But yeah. Uh, Miller Kamikaze's war, girl. I've been at war since I was <laughs> <It's laughs> just <the> kidding. <laughs> Our family trauma, everybody, honestly, it probably goes back to ancient times. Family trauma is the root of all evil. It really is. It, I mean, if anybody, <laughs> if you go back to like stereotypical the Bible, like you fucked everything up for everybody. So. <laughs> yeah, and she's, you know, all our mother, Mother Eve. Ow. Right. How dare she? With her fucking, with her, with her leaf pussy and boobies. <laughs> Yeah, that's so. <laughs> yes. Um, I hear fans in the background. <laughs> she needed a gay back in the day in the Garden of Eden. She really did. Like, the snake probably was. Adam's dick is not it. <laughs> oh, God. Let's move on. Let's right. Tell God, send another, please. <laughs> send another. <laughs> we needed Steve, not Eve. We needed Adam, Eve, and Steve. Uh, oh, my God. All three were. Right. Because anyway. Steve and Adam were fucking, obviously. <laughs> oh. Right, in my fantasy, in my version of the Bible, right. <laughs> <laughs> to be released in 2024. Oh my god! Looking for a publisher. Um, uh, anyways, yeah, back to this meteor. So, anyways, um, he it's split in half. Split in half. Blue water on it. Blue water. He pours the blue stuff out of it, and immediately I was like, "That would have been so much more like valuable." Yeah. Why are you getting you rid want, of like, the weird blue moon goo? water? <laughs> moon water quite literally moon water and he has a panic after he splits it in half that he's gonna get no money for it right Um, the department of meteor is not gonna it's not gonna pay him (laughs) they're gonna call him a dumbass for trying to sell a a split in half meteor what really pisses me off so after he does that he grabs the meteor pieces he goes inside um he goes to watch professional wrestling um and he just starts sucking on the blisters on his finger i'm like you are disgusting like i know again he's supposed to be you know stupid that's what they're giving to us but yeah. he just starts sucking on it and it is so nasty um, it really is gross it's um, disgusting but to to be honest like if i burn myself i do suck on my fingers oh yeah, yeah. okay i guess yeah, you're yeah. right i do suck on myself if i do burn myself <laughs> oh yeah but like, there's, <laughs> but if there's like these huge blisters like big bulgy blisters all over your finger i don't i, I would I also be concerned would, yeah. you would I saw it look like that. Yeah, because like whenever you get burned, it turns white and it raises. Like it's not weird. But those are small. Those are small. They do not look like the same type of blisters you get when you're burned, though. I Should mean, it depends back? on how severe they're burned. I those little bitty guys. I don't want to say it again. <laughs> <laughs> they just they look. Yeah, it does look weird. But like I, devil's advocate. But again, yeah, he starts sucking on it. And some, you know, an undisclosed amount of time passes. It's probably like an hour, if anything. And pretty much the meteor itself just starts uh, to grow. Uh, like these weird, sharp. Uh, we talked about Splinter on the Patreon um, a couple months ago. It's giving very Splinter, if you guys have ever seen that movie. Very sharp, green, almost like mm, foliage starts to grow everywhere. Yeah. His blisters turn into like mold almost on his fingers, Ugh. on his body. It's on his tongue. It's so gross. It's so gross. It's gross. It really I is. I really want to speed through the rest of this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is essentially the rest of the segment. Yeah, so yeah, he yeah. just he continues just slowly to descend becomes into, um, what do we call it? Jo- the, golly, the jolly green giant pretty much. I guess. Yeah. He just gets more and more covered with fucking grass. Until yeah. he just becomes a grass person. And trigger warning, he commits suicide. His little mm. green brain flies all over the wall. Yeah, he's like, please let luck be on my side for once. And then Suck starts a shotgun. Um, so, yeah, trigger warning for that. You wouldn't think that, like, this would have a trigger warning. In something like this, yeah. 
But um, yeah. But it is. It just his home it's becomes gross. engrossed by this stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's all over the, the county. Place. Is the whole ha- county is turning green? <laughs> yeah, is what the radio is telling us at the end of the segment. So. So, yeah, we see it spreading everywhere. I mean, his downfall was um, because he was feeling, like, thirsty and dehydrated. So he, like, went to the bathtub. That's when he hallucinates his father. And his father's like, don't fucking get in that water, bitch. (laughs) That's That's what they they want. want. And he does it anyways. And that's when he becomes, you know, the Jolly Green Giant. It is very funny, though, when he's getting undressed and he's scratching everywhere. And then he, like, looks down to his waist, which we can only assume is he's looking at his dick. He's like, not there, too. Yeah, also at one point, like, makes, like, a screwdriver. Um, and just starts chugging it. And I'm like, big mood, sir. Big yeah, mood. Yeah, he takes an entire, like, a jug of orange juice and just pours a fuck ton of vodka on it. I don't know what was going on in That's 82. Me. But people are fucking drinking. These segments, people are, like, drinking left and right. There's a glass somewhere. And we know Stephen King enjoys his alcohol. It's a this is guy. during, like, coke fiend years, though. Um, my brain at this point, at this present time, is not aware of you know uh, Stephen King's um, Coke ears, <laughs> um, you know. But maybe we can look into that. But I, I do believe you know perhaps you know this was around that time because this is a wild segment. Um, but again, you know, it ends with him unaliving himself, and then us just seeing that the meteor itself, the uh, you know, a different type of alien invasion, if you will. Um, and it's a very uh, unpleasant one to see. I again, I don't like body horror. Um, but I do think that, you know, the comedy that they bring to the segment definitely helps offset just how unsettling it is to see, like, mold and, you know, grass essentially growing off of a person's skin. Um, so I think they did a pretty good job. Um, again, you know, she's fighting for the bottom spot with the last segment. So we'll get into that later. But let's go to move into the very next segment. This one is called Something to Tide You Over. Um, this one has a pretty, I mean, really, we only have two people that we really focus on in this Um cast here and they're both iconic <laughs> so we have leslie nelson and we also have ted danson you've never seen the good place right no okay so he is in the good place ted Danson is who's the younger guy um and he's hilarious in that show i love him very much he uh, looks very familiar <laughs> uh, i wonder what else he would well in relation to Wendy, what you would know let me pull up his imdb um but he's amazing in the good place i had no idea he was in this movie and he has one of those faces, yeah, that's very recognizable. So as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, my God, is that Ted Danson? So then I ran to IMDb and confirmed. And first off, I think he's hot as a young Ted Danson. I think he's super hot. I don't know if it's just because he's, like, really tall and lanky, um, has a great head of hair. But I think he's really hot. <laughs> I do. He's a typical lunk. <laughs> I love a tall, lanky, white guy. Um, oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so he's really, really cute. Um, what else has he been in that you may know? He was in Cheers. That's probably where you've seen him. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. I remember now. Yeah. So that's I can see it. him. Yeah. You've also seen him the amount that of plants. Bar. <laughs> oh, the amount of plants in this man's um, apartment. Right after the Stephen King, uh, right after the Stephen King segment triggered me. I was like, are these plants taking over? <laughs> <laughs> the plants here, they're uh, yeah, literally trickling in from the last segment. Right. Um, so Ted Danson plays a man named Harry Wentworth, who was having an affair with Leslie Nelson's wife, Becky. Uh, Leslie Nelson is Richard in this segment. So it's a really, this probably feels. Leslie Nelson's hot. Is he? 
Your daddy issues are showing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Well, <laughs> never mind. Leslie Nelson, though, uh, <laughs> a legend, a comedic legend. A comedic legend. He's hilarious. Sure. I mean, he's everywhere. You know Leslie he's Nelson. He's an attractive silver fox. He is a very attractive man. Um, but again, you know. My daddy. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a very attractive man. Yeah. Uh, I think the segment. Um, he's a psychotic. Yeah, he's psychotic. He's vicious. He's ruthless. Um, he finds out that his wife is having an affair and he takes it to the very next level. Um, all these segments, of course, they're horror. They're all dark. <laughs> but this one feels like the most daunting. This one probably feels like the most like uh, intense for the longest time. Just because you really don't know which way it's going to go. Yeah. Um, but he comes to this man's apartment. He's like, bitch, I know that you've been having an affair with my wife. That nasty bitch. I've handled her. And I'm going to handle you, essentially. He plays like a tape recording of her screaming for help, yelling out for Harry. She said, Harry, this man's crazy. Please help me. And, you know, Richard is just like, you know, well, if you want to see here, you're going to have to come with me. Right. So in my mind, with, right away, like with Harry, I'm like, first off, why are we going to play into this man's games? Right. Like what? Why am I going to get well, into a vehicle with you? Why am I going to let you drive me somewhere? It depends on how much I care about this person. But like. But I don't trust this man. I don't either, but... I wouldn't hop into a car with him. Would you, for real? I can't find With him. the man that you're <laughs> cheating on his wife with, would you just hop into a car with the, that guy? Obviously, he's looking for fucking revenge. <laughs> like, oh Yeah, we know. No. But no. what if you love the person and you can't... You're, how are you going to find them? I don't love anybody more than I love myself. <laughs> okay. I'm not hopping into I any can't car with relate. man I know. <laughs> You know, once, you, once you pop out another human out of you, though, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I can understand. But, you know, right now in my position in life. Right. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. I'm not hopping into a car with somebody who I know is, again, looking for revenge. Especially when he plays me. I mean, again, like you said, that is probably what drives him to go. Right. But if he plays me an audio recording of, you know, my girl screaming and yelling bloody murder, I'm just going to do what I can to apprehend him, to kick his ass, to kick him in his throat right here, to kick fucking to fucking bitch i would take his aarp card slice his throat with it kick him into my fucking plants fucking bitch i would beat this old man up and then i would call the fucking police like i'm not gonna play his games i'm just not <laughs> I going would to beat him up but he's also but rich he's the only one that knows where she is that's a lie i don't trust him it's and I, I would beat him to death oh my god full oz's uh dungeon <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> i would just beat him up to the point where i would be able to again you know have him subdued until the police get here so we can figure out what the fuck to do because this old man is clearly psychotic but yeah, that's why i understand where he's he, coming from he has a holster on his ankle <laughs> of all places yeah because i mean they get into his fancy jeep they drive down to a very isolated beach that richard owns because he's rich i don't know if we told you he's very rich um so they get down to this beach you know ted is not ted, <laughs> harry's running around looking for becky and there's like an open hole out in the beach and richard pulls out a gun and says bitch get in that fucking hole Sit your pretty little ass inside there and start pulling in that fucking sand around you. Or I'm going to fucking shoot you in the fucking face. And so Harry's like, bitch, I guess. So he pretty much goes along with it. And eventually he is buried all the way up into his neck. He has no way of moving. Um, it's just like, ah. I mean, again, he was at gunpoint, but like, I don't know. I just would not be doing what he's telling me to do. I, just I also don't think it. like, so I'm doing this myself. I'm pulling the sand in myself. I'm not packing it in. What the fuck? Yeah. 
I'm not going to sweat. If you're going to kill me, just kill me. I'm not doing manual <laughs> labor before I die. I'm not doing manual labor I'm before not. I die. I'm really not. I would just sit there it's and be like. the same premises as like the Saw movies. If I woke up <laughs> yeah, exactly. in a trap, I would just be like, he'd be like, you want to play a game? I'd be like, nope. <laughs> if I woke up in a Saw trap, quite literally, I would just be like, if that puppet rolled in, I would have been like, you quite literally wasted your time. Like, I'm not gonna play your little fucking games i'm not I'm playing not. games i'm, I'm not. not yeah shoot me <laughs> kill me they would be like, he would be like the gas will kill you within an hour and be like can you speed this up right exactly <laughs> if i was in the second song where he's like the antidote you have an hour to get out i'm like i don't want an hour take me out right <laughs> now i'm not running around this old fucking warehouse i'm not fighting with people and getting thrown into needle pits right i'm not doing all this i'm too tired <laughs> Just shoot me. If he would be like, shoot you have me. an hour left. And be like, can I just have my phone? <laughs> yeah, <please>. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> and I would just be out. tweeting, just eye rolling emoji. Like, I'm in a trap. Eye roll. Um, <laughs> it's been nice knowing you guys. <laughs> the bear trap around my neck. And I'm like, set it off. Do it, please. God, set it off. <laughs> you're all fucking. I'm you're like, all <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fucking using my you're hands. You're messing with it. <laughs> I'm trying to close it on my own manually. <laughs> I'm like, is there a manual way to close this? I'm over it. You're all feeling for buttons and shit. <laughs> right, exactly. But yeah, I'm not I'm not doing this. I'm not right, playing this. I'm games. not doing this. I don't care if I'm at gunpoint at a fucking hole on the beach. I'm not getting into this hole, old man. Just shoot me. <laughs> well, yeah, shoot me. Shoot me. I'm not doing it. It pisses me off. But he loves this woman so much he does it just so he can see her because he's promising him that he'll be able to see Becky once he get inside or once he gets inside this hole. So he jumps in the hole. Again, he's at neck level here in the sand. Um, Richard leaves him momentarily and then comes back with the TV, the whole setup. I don't know how this TV has power, um, but in a, as a millionaire of the 80s, he's able to make it work. Um, and when he turns on the TV, it's a live feed of Becky, who's down the beach in a different spot, having the tide come in and hit her in the face because she's also buried up to her neck in sand. Um, and before you know it, uh, Richard's like, okay, well, good luck, Harry. You know, if you guys can hold your breath long enough, you will probably live. And then he leaves them there to die. Right. Um, it's very, I mean, it's very vicious, obviously. Um, it would probably be the worst way to die. I would hate Slowly to die Slowly drowning, way. yes. I think this is probably, um, like, out of all the scenarios, no, I don't want to say that. I was going to say, out of all the scenarios, I don't want to be in this one the most. But I also don't, don't want to be a plant, so. Yeah, that was the one um, I would definitely not want to be in. I can't even say that. But this is awful. I can't imagine being like this. Um, We talked about it. I think it was last episode, but like claustrophobia is a thing. Drowning is one of my biggest fears. Like we're just adding a lot of all the things that like I'm uncomfortable with. Also like sand and all my crevices. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Awful. This is awful. And there's crabs crawling by my face. I'm scared. It's too much. It's going to pinch me. And it's like scary. And um, Leslie Nielsen, again, as uh, as hilarious as he is, and even in his, all his seriousness in this segment, um, you know, he still makes me smile sometimes. He's so funny. Just naturally, he's funny. But he is very all business in this segment, which I think kind of makes it a little bit more unsettling because he I mean, he has that natural charisma and that charm that we know him for. And he's kind of playing into that. He's going about this in such a way that it's just it's terrifying to see how casual he is about killing his <laughs> killing his wife or his girlfriend i don't even know if they were married or not and her you know the person who's having an affair with it's really twisted um again having them buried up to sand and slowly dying by the tide is i mean you know 
fate worse than death, maybe having to go through all that before you die, even it's right. awful suffering before you die. Also, the quality of this life feed that he has on this fucking old ass eighties TV is crazy. <laughs> I don't understand. He's really as a millionaire in the eighties, he had that fucking twenty twenty technology. Yeah, that shit's in four K. It's crazy. Um, I'm like a live feed on the beach, no less. I don't understand. I really don't. Right. And he's doing the live feed from like the back of his Jeep somehow. And I don't know how that I don't know how he has power out here. I don't know. Later on, he has like, he sees, we see that he has cameras on the beach and like he's watching both of them drown. Yeah, he has Uh, a whole live feed of. Right. It seems like like he's killed multiple people. Probably. But like also, how? Where did you get these video cameras from? Like, I don't. When did CCTV become a thing? <laughs> when I don't did know. security 90s? cameras start coming out? 90s? Late 80s? 90s, maybe? I don't know. But I mean, either way, it's too apparently. advanced for him to be. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a millionaire. He has all the money in the world and he can just, you know, get this I mean, he could crazy just be. 4K technology. <laughs> it's crazy. It's just like such a clear, crisp picture. It's yeah. ridiculous. But yeah, this is awful. No. Absolutely, zero percent. And he does. He leaves them both there to die overnight, um, and they die slowly. So he goes back to his rich mansion. You know, he's by himself again. We see that he's watching these monitors. He has another alcoholic drink again. This is like the third segment, and it's like the third time we see an alcohol. <laughs> yeah, everybody um, enjoys everybody's drinking. some alcohol. Literally in every segment, I'm pretty sure there's alcohol in every segment. Obviously, um, but yeah, he gets back to his house. He's watching them die slowly while he drinks his alcohol. And then he just goes about his night. He goes and he starts to, you know, shower. Um, he does go back to check on the bodies after they drown and the bodies are gone. And he just like, well, they must have just washed out into the, you know, into the ocean. And he. Which is a wild thought. If we're going to. Be honest. Yeah. 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 That's How? that's a wild thought because There's you no packed way. him in there. You if a grown man cannot wiggle his way out, how did the tide just pull him? Out? Unless the entire beach is gone. <laughs> His body's going to be where I you want left it. an entire crater of this beach gone in order for that to make sense. Yeah. Like we would have, it would have to, it would quite literally have to be rising sea levels all within the span of a couple hours. Like there's no way for both their bodies to be gone. And he's just like, well, they're gone. I'm like, no, you did not have this crazy, you know, evil maniacal plan to kill them and then just be like, well, the bodies are gone. I guess I'm going to live with that. No, bitch. If I killed somebody, I'm going to make sure I find those bodies. Right. I would have been in that fucking water scouring or something. I'm not going to let those bodies just wash onto shore somewhere. I mean, it is his beach. So as if they oh, watch right. up he on his beach, beach, then I guess. He also is wearing a very swanky, like, velour <laughs> jumpsuit yeah. when he gets back. Yeah. Looks very comfy. Yeah, he's so funny. Um, but when he gets back to the house after that, you know, he's a little spooked. He's a little Same. scared. He's me, girl. Um, we see silhouettes of, you know... Um, Becky and well, we come to know. I mean, at this point, you have to know it's <laughs> Harry and Becky just wandering outside of his house. We get a lot of fog again in the segment, which I gag about. Um, he gets into the shower. Uh, while he's in the shower, Harry and Becky sneak into the house. They sneak into the house. They're wandering around. Um, it's a very long process to kind of get to the end of the segment. Um, it's obviously they have Leslie Nielsen, so they're gonna you know use up all the fucking time that they can while he's on screen. Um, so it just, you know, uh, it takes a little bit to get to the, the meat and potatoes here. But um, after he gets out of the shower, he does finally see Harry and Becky. They are terrifying. Um, I love their designs, as with everything in, a matter, in this movie. Yeah. 
But in a matter of like, it's only been like four hours. <laughs> yeah, isn't it crazy that they like they look so decomposed? I'm like, y'all just died. Yeah, they're zombies. They're whenever they he ends up shooting both of them at some point, and they just leak water. That's all they are. They're waterlogged, I guess. Yeah, they're covered in seaweed. They're ridiculous. Um, I need a medical fun. professional to tell me if this is like is the salt water call you to deteriorate this quickly? Right. Like, is there logistics behind this or is it just for the sake of the movie? Well, and the thing is, is like once your body like retains a lot of water, then you get like skin sloughing, which like. Don't <laughs> you like explode? Your skin and your your skin starts to like slough, like slide off. <gasps> Ew. Uh, mm-hmm. Gross. <laughs> okay. Work. And like since we're made of a lot of water, like it doesn't we don't necessarily have to be like logged in water when i think of water logging you've seen x-men yeah yeah and the very first x-men where that guy just becomes like a squishy water man yeah Mm -hmm. that's all i ever think about (laughs) but yeah their creature designs wild (laughs) they're great again like all the creature designs in this movie are fantastic obviously all practical effects and they all look fantastic um but yeah so they're pretty much like richard you're gonna die too baby and so they're just kind of threatening him he's shooting at you hold your breath a long time (laughs) daddy And yeah, I mean, the segment ends with him crying and cowering in fear as they laugh at him and they do take him down to the beach and they bury him up to his neck in sand as well. And the segment ends with Leslie Nielsen, you know, giving us his amazing laugh. He's hilarious. I love him. And the water washing over his face. He going drown. The lighting in this movie, you guys. Amazing. Like uh, there's so many times where the lighting is just so colorful and so gorgeous. I mean, they kind of obviously play into like the comic book aspect of everything. Um, but like, even at the end when he's, you know, up to his neck laughing crazy, um, there's like a big, like bright red light on him and it just looks really, really gorgeous. And yeah, I just love the way that they play with colors in this movie for sure. The lighting is it's nice. Chef's kiss for sure. Um, but yeah, and then he's dead. Crazy segment. Um, really enjoyable to be quite honest. Moving on to the very next segment. Uh, this one is called The Crate. So this one has a, I mean, again, you know, these anthologies, they don't have too many people in these segments, which is nice. We have Hal Holbrook as Henry, Adrian Barbeau as Wilma, Fritz Weaver as Dexter, and John Kiefer as Mike the Janitor. So um, The Crate. So this one... Uh, I like I both like this one and I both really dislike this one. Um, this is probably the one that I like, have the hardest time with because like, I want to like it more than I do. Um, just because the aspect of like a crazy creature and like this old 1800s crate being, you know, hidden inside of a university for the longest time um, is so funny to me. Um, right. I love that premise. I would watch a whole movie based off of that premise. And it's like. It's not even hidden, really. It's just, like, it's under not. the stairs. It's, like, a full <laughs> display. The janitor's like, oh, there's that box again. Or, excuse me, the crane. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's just, it's... Um, like, what if it was, like, in the archaeological department or something? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why is it under the stairs? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, well, I guess we really don't get... Again, I would watch a whole movie on this. Like, I would love to know how it ended up there. Who found it? Where did it come from? Right. What is this thing inside of this crate? Like, I would love for this one to be expanded on. Um, so that's why I'm kind of like... I like it, and then at the same time, there's just something about it I'm not living for. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's the main guy. Uh, he's made out to be, like... A very emas- emasculated man by his wife. 
she's awful. She's a drunk. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, he has this weird friendship with the professor. Professor Dexter. Right. Dexter and Stanley. Um, Stanley, yeah. Stanley always invites Dexter over to play, what is it, chess? I yeah, think is yeah, what yeah. it is. But Dexter's too busy fucking his college students <laughs> to <laughs> do that. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Adrian, um, editing Adrian. Just so you guys know, the character is named Dexter Stanley, and the main character is named Henry, but we do refer to Henry as Stanley for the remainder of our discussion on this segment. So anytime we say Stanley, we're talking about Henry, wanted to let you know. And so yeah, they have like this weird friendship and I don't know. It's just weird. We're watching two, three white men be weird with an insufferable white woman. I mean, nobody in the segment really is like, yeah, I mean, they're not like enjoyable people in this segment. Because even with Stanley, I mean, I feel bad for him, obviously. Yeah. But I, there's something about him. I'm just like, you're kind of annoying to me. Like, I don't know really what it is, but I'm like, you're kind of annoying. And Dexter also looks kind of annoying. Like, they're all just kind of annoying. Um, Adrian Barbeau, I love her. I fucking love her. She's Stevie in the fog. She's an icon to me. I am obsessed with her. I thought you meant her character. I was like, girl. <laughs> I mean, she's over the top. I mean, I don't hate her, to be honest. I mean, in a movie like this already where we've had to sit through, you know, 20 minutes of Stephen King cross-eyed <laughs> and yelling at the top of his lungs, I can okay, get through fair. anything. And uh, she's just, yeah, it's over the top, though. She is quite literally yelling this entire time. Stanley! It was Stand not alive. the energy I was expecting for her. I'm kind of sad that she had to play somebody so annoying in this segment. Uh, but she does a great job of it. Uh, she is very, very annoying. Quite literally screaming the entire time. Drinking constantly. Call um, me Wilma. I mean, call me Billy. Yeah, she wants but to be her called But her name's Billy. Wilma. I was like, I don't... I mean, I'm all for making, forging your own, making your own identity and being your own person. But <laughs> right, what but the like, fuck? How does that even relate to one another? Right. Is, can you guys educate us. Is there any way an individual named Wilma has a nickname of Billy? I don't get it. Maybe, I don't, it maybe there's a, maybe there's a joke we're missing, but I don't get it. It's not funny. And they drop it several times. Yeah, it's section. constantly. They're constantly mentioning Billy. I'm like, what is like? What's the story here? Is Billy she? Like, uh, uh, she, uh, it just like, it makes no sense to me. She's wild. Um, and at the very beginning, too, they're having like a party um, over at, it's Stanley's house, right? Stanley and Wilma's house. Uh, yes. Yeah, because they have a whole bunch of people over, and she's drunk in front of everybody, and she's like talking shit about everybody at this party, <laughs> talking shit about one Stanley. The, <laughs> one of the old ladies, like, I don't know why we keep inviting her. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, what the fuck is happening? Like, it's just too much. Stanley fantasizes constantly throughout the segment, also, of killing her. Um, which is ridiculous. Every time he has the fantasy of killing her, it's over the top. Uh, the first is while they're at the party and like he imagines shooting her straight in the head. Um, I love, honestly, this moment in the segment where the party guests, after he, you know... They all are just like, they don't react at first and then they just all turn and look at him in unison and start clapping. Yeah. Good shot. Like, <laughs> it it's, it's amazing. I love it. It's my favorite part of the segment for sure. Um, just for that small moment. It was really, really creepy. Uh, but obviously, he's just imagining these things. But anyways, uh, Dexter is taken from the party because Mike the janitor has found the crate because he drops a quarter near it. That's how he's able to it find it. It was my last quarter for the Coke machine, he <laughs> says. Uh, so Dexter goes to the university and he meets up with his janitor. So they do get this crate, um, Dexter and the janitor. Um, they move it into like the lab, one of the labs. And as they're examining it and opening it, 
Um, to their horror, there is a very, I don't even know what to call this. It almost looks like a mix between like Bigfoot and a Yeti and an ape and an alien. It's like a weird creature. Looks like a Yeti to me. Yeah, they do think. They like would get where he's from, like where this crate is from. Let me look real fast. I think it guys. says on on the crate as a year and like where it's from, but I don't remember. It was from the year eighteen thirty four. Oh, an Arctic expedition. So it's from. So it is the Yeti. Antarctics. Yeah, so it has to be like a Yeti type of creature. Um, it's creepy looking. I really like the design of it, uh, for sure. I really do like the design of it. And yeah, it pretty much kills the gender. Um, the blood in this segment is glorious. It's bright red. Um, it's just not naturally. <laughs> it doesn't look like natural blood, but I don't give a fuck. I really love how red it is. Yeah. And it tears the janitor apart. I love it. And again, the lighting in this is great because when the creature comes out of the crate, again, it's just like a lot of bright red. Um, again, it's really cool. But yeah, after the janitor dies, Dexter freaks out. He runs into an honor student, I believe, like Stormy said, like of the university. Or something. Who knows? And the student at first is like, bitch, who the fuck? This man is crazy. He's clearly not well. He explains to, you know, this person what happened. Dexter does. And that person's like, um, well, I will go look and see then, I suppose, and see if this crate is really there. Uh, so he goes and he goes into the lab uh, where the janitor was killed. There's just a lot of blood everywhere. The crate is not present. Dexter shows up and he's like, oh, this is crazy. And come to find out the crate shimmied its way back over to the spot underneath <laughs> the stairs. Yeah. The... The fact that the creature just like shimmies its way around this, In this university, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this big ass crate. And like, if he was able to do that, why hasn't he been shimmying his way around this whole time? He's an introvert for sure. <laughs> he doesn't want to leave he his crate. He's very, he's Pennywise. <laughs> he only comes out every so often. Yeah. yeah. But every he, 27 years. So what is he eating? I wonder how long he, again, I want more on Where's this Where's his one. shit? Yeah, exactly. What ship did he come over on? What is he eating while he's inside this crate? Does he come out like at random points throughout, you know, his existence? Who and lets kill him people? out? Like, what's going on? Is here? it always like somebody nosy that lets him out? Um, who knows? But they do find uh, the my crate. birthday. What on the crate? The June nineteenth. How nineteenth? Oh, the day after my birthday. <laughs> Ooh, so close. Are you? <gasps> this must I'm be a yeti. <laughs> your twin. <laughs> Um, I am pretty hairy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Imagine, imagine if your long lost brother was a Yeti. I would. I surely... mean, my brothers look like. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, hopefully, they don't listen to the podcast. Oh, they definitely don't. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, anyways, they find the crate. Uh, the student goes near it. Um, he kicks the janitor's shoe out of the way, and he's like, "We need to examine those bite marks." Um, but while he's doing that, he gets attacked by the monster as well. Um, Dexter, of course, reaches out for him. Um, it doesn't really work out in that poor student's favor, and he does end up getting murdered. I love the student's death just for the practicality of it. Um, it's very quick. Um, he also tries to knock out the fucking monster with yeah, a flashlight. Yeah, at least he had some knowledge, some balls. To, to try to hit him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He tried anything. to fight back. Nobody else has. Nobody else does at all. But the bite that they, the practical bite out of his face is great. The blood squirting out is amazing. We get another practical slash across the face. His death is really cool. It's probably my second favorite in this movie. Um, I really enjoy it. It's quick, it's um, efficient, and it's amazing. Um, and the creature is so small. Like, it's a little guy. Or it's, like, always on its knees or something. It's, like, small. Um, and it's, just like, blue in color. It's crazy. It is the craziest little thing. It's something straight out of my nightmares. 
But yeah, so after this, uh, Dexter, uh, Dexter runs to his, uh, you know, they're gay lovers. He runs to Stanley's house and he's like, this creature, he explains everything. Everything we talked about, he tells it to, uh, to Stanley. So Stanley's like, okay, bet. I'll take care of this. And I will also off my wife in the process. Um, so he knocks They're very billions. <laughs> they're lovers. They're very gay lovers. I know it. You know, the, uh, the, what's the fuck is his name? They're like one and the same. They don't look anything alike, but I'm like, they're the same person. Um, Dexter's having all these affairs and shit, probably to just, you know, try to build up some type of reputation outside of his gay love affair with Stanley. And Stanley can't He's get like, it I have up. to have some type of reputation. Exactly. <laughs> and as um, Wilma tells us, uh, you know, uh, Stanley's dick isn't hard anymore. So it's because it's only hard for his gay lover. Okay. We've, That's what I'm We've believing. cracked the code. It only makes sense. Somebody right? get Stephen King on the horn. <laughs> Knowing him, he's like, wow, I don't remember writing this. Um, <laughs> he was like, that's during the Coke days. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Stanley takes it upon himself again to take care of the situation. So he goes to the university on his own. He takes it upon himself to clean up the entirety of the blood. Oh, um, and he drugs Stanley. He does. He knocks him out cold. Yeah. So that way he, you know, isn't, I guess, found out for killing his wife in a sense. I asked Adrian if he would forgive me for drugging him. <laughs> and he was just like um i mean it depends if i wake up and i was like bitch <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. honestly if i mean i would i'll be yes i'd probably be pissed if we're being honest if right. i found out that you drugged me i'd be like um bitch what's going on here I'd be like, it was for the, your own good what is the motive <laughs> i'm not there's i don't see a need for me right. to be i don't conscious. understand why he had to drug him in order to go do all this i mean i mean Unless again i think it's only him to stop him I guess. Maybe. He probably didn't want him to murder his wife, maybe? That's I mean, the only I feel like I Stanley... I mean, I feel like... Uh, Dexter. I feel like Dexter wouldn't give a fuck about Wilma. I wouldn't, I wouldn't assume so either, but... Yeah, I he mean, like, him you're probably... Way. Stanley, realistically, is going to get pinned with two murders, at least, if they were to go to the police. So, maybe it's just best. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so he does drug him though. He knocks him out. Again, he goes back to the uh, university. He cleans everything up. Um, he leaves a very well written letter for Wilma. So when she shows back up at home, already drunk, by the way, she's already belligerent. Um, she makes a milk she and alcohol cocktail, which that is the most, that's probably one of the most disturbing things in this movie is her milk and alcohol cocktail. Yeah, guys, are we like, um, is that a thing? Yeah. Are we, are we out of the loop? Are we not cool? Cause who the fuck spikes their milk? I mean, I've heard of a white Russian, which is like milk, and I think it's vodka. Oh, okay. Um, but um, like she puts like whiskey or, so, or like brandy. Eggnog or makes sense, you know. Like I've had spiked eggnog before. I okay, guess. maybe it's not too out of the way, but I it mean, still this just isn't giving gross. holiday vibes though. Who the fuck is drinking eggnog in June? But it's also she just fucking pulls out like two percent dairy. I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, this is she's gross. wild. Um, but anyways, my IBS a- could never. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, so Santa leaves a letter for her. It's well worded. It's like, hey, bitch, uh, just so you know, <laughs> hey, Dexter's bitch. having an affair and he attacked a woman. I had to come and help out. Come and help me because this girl's crazy or something crazy, whatever. So she's like, ooh, <laughs> hot tea. So she j- jumps into the, her me. car, speeds down to the university. I'm like, with her milk, with her milk, has nothing better to do with her day. Uh, walks into the university and she's like, where's this woman? <laughs> What's going on? Um, and then so Stanley leads her over to the crate. Um, he then throws her against it, beats her back up against it, caught, like for I don't know, like a solid yelling minute. for the Yeti to wake up. To come wake out. up. 
she's like, bitch, after it doesn't come out. So you're fucking, you're a, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but she says, you're a pussy ass cunt horse skank bitch with a limp dick, no <laughs> nothing, fucking dusty cum ass hoe. And after she does that, the monster does come out and kill her. And Stanley gets to watch on in joy as she's murdered by this monster. Um, and then the segment ends pretty much right after that. You know, he meets back up with Dexter the next day. They're like, well, these people, you know, there's um, people missing and just we're never going to find them. Oh, yeah, by he, the way, he, I drove it down to the quarry. <laughs> yeah. Took it to the quarry, threw it in the water and left it at that. Um, what's really funny to me is Dexter's like he's concerned, obviously, about the creature getting out. And Stanley's like, oh, don't worry with the the bang up job I did of fucking securing him in there. I'm like, bitch, it's like one chain around this box. What yeah. bang up job? And like when and the, the hands ending. are literally limp outside. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, the monster's like, just fucking getting chauffeured to the quarry, yeah. living its life in the back with a five course meal, three dead bodies with it. I'm like, <laughs> you were giving this monster everything it wants. Sir. Yeah, the, the single chain is what gets one me. The single chain. chain. He's literally opening it. You can see his face 98% of the time. That's how the segment ends is like a zoom in on the the ape or the yeti's face through the box. Like he's not secure in there. <laughs> he at doesn't all. Care. He's also from the Antarctic, so um who knows? He's probably I mean with his climate, he's probably used to cold water anyways. Like it, he'll probably drown, right? Or yet, can Yeti swim? We don't know. I mean, we don't even know what this thing is. We don't right. know if it can breathe underwater. But <laughs> water. The segment ends after that. And, you know, they can be gay lovers for the rest of their lives is what I'm believing. We love. Let's move on to the final segment. Snaps for the gays. Yes. Snap for the days in homicide. <laughs> yes. Kill your wife, gays. Oh, um. my God. <laughs> Closeted gays. Uh, all the gays with wives, kill them now. Um, oh anyways, uh, it's giving uh, Silver Shamrock from Halloween 3 when the TV's like <laughs> turns on and everybody turns the mush. Anyways, let's move on to the last segment. This one is called They're Creeping Up on You. We follow Upson Pratt, who is a very ruthless, nasty, <sighs> cruel, racist, disgusting he's an awful person clearly um he seems to be very much a germaphobe he lives up in a private penthouse by himself it's completely white um barely any furniture he has like one jukebox for him to listen to music on the biggest jukebox ever <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly i don't know what his career is i don't know what his job is he's like monitoring carbon Something monoxide in the air yeah yeah so i don't know he's just a germaphobe again um but anyway, so he's up in his little uh, you know, penthouse by himself. Um, he has a cockroach problem. He hates cockroaches because he's, again, like a germaphobe or something. Um, let me look up real fast. Now, there has to be some information. Let me see. I need some context. Oh, this so one, he suffers from misophobia. Misophobia, also known as verminphobia, germophobia. Oh, okay. Pathological fear of contamination and germs. So that's what he suffers from. So he, again, is like sealed off in his own little world to pretty much, I guess, avoid any outside pollution to himself. But it's a very dark and stormy night. Um, he's some type of corporate asshole. We hear him get a phone call from one of his subordinates, one of his uh, employees, I guess, who informs him of his company, Pratt International. It has like pretty much taken over another company, which led that business rival of his to unalive himself. Um, and Pratt does not seem to care whatsoever. He doesn't care about anybody at all. Um, the man who did unalive himself, his wife ends up calling uh, Pratt himself, and like she damns him and yells at him. He has no remorse whatsoever. He's like, I'm pretty much happy that he did it, it feels like, um, and he just doesn't seem to care about anybody but himself. 
Um, but he is, again, walking around his apartment. He's spraying cockroaches because they're all over the place. He's uh, complaining to the individuals down, of course, in the lobby that there's, a, you know, an issue. We need an exterminator. We need a 24-hour exterminator. We need to get rid of these cockroaches. Um, he's an asshole, of course, to the people who are working down at the desk. Um, he calls them people of color, um, talks about how he does his job good as a person of color. He's, again, an awful old man, um, a complete asshole. And as he's in this apartment by himself, you know, these bugs continue to pop up. These cockroaches are everywhere. They're in his food. Um, they run across his desk. And as he's waiting for help, um, the power goes off. There's a huge blackout uh, across the city, um, which then results in a fucking a swarm of these cockroaches just enter his apartment and we don't even know if it's like reality or not we don't know if he's, he's like crazy and like imagining them yeah because like when he because this is the entirety of the segment you guys like he's an asshole we find out he's an asshole um he's an asshole to the ladies uh of the husband that you know unalived himself and you know he's a rude asshole to the people who help him um, he's a rude asshole to the person who's trying to come up and, you know, help him with the extermination process. He's just an asshole all the way around. He walks around this apartment. Um, then the, when the power goes off, again, a swarm of these cockroaches comes into his apartment. He goes off into like a sealed area, which has a bed in it. So I'm assuming like it's where he sleeps. Um, but even inside that area, there's cockroaches all inside the bed. Um, it seems like he has maybe some type of like heart attack. Like he passes out onto the bed. Right. And then the next thing that we see is a barren apartment. Like it looks completely clean as the power comes back on. And the only thing that's in there is his body. But from his body erupts a swarm of cockroaches um, in a very great scene. I love the practical effects there for sure. So gross. That's really all. It's just him battling these possibly imaginary cockroaches. Um, yeah, see, and that's quite literally it. It's nice. It's quick. It's short. It's to the point. Um, I think it's a great way to kind of end everything. Because, um, yeah, after that scene happens and all the cockroaches come out of his body, uh, it pretty much cuts that segment and ends after that. Um, and the last scene that we get is the room that he's in filled with cockroaches. Um, it's really gross. It's a creepy visual. And it ends. Um, and that's quite literally the segment. Again, I think it's probably the most simple segment out of everything here. Um, but it's very creepy because bugs make me uncomfortable. So just seeing cockroaches all mm -hmm. over the place is gross. Just being the creepy crawly. Seeing them come out of like the drains is gross. Seeing them come out of his food and like his cereal box was so disgusting. Right. Um, seeing them come out of his body, his mouth, his face bursting through his chest. Um, it's disgusting. Full alien. <laughs> yeah, very much giving alien vibes. The chest burster. Yeah, it's gross. It's um really uncomfortable to sit through. I think outside of um. The segment with Stephen King, it's probably the the hardest for me to sit through just because the bugs are so... Yeah, it makes me feel like I have something on me. Yeah, the creepy crawlies are so icky here. But it's quick. It's very, very fast. Um, and we don't get a lot. Um, there's still a lot of pretty colors in this segment, as with all the other ones, of course. Every time that um, you know he gets scared or sees a cockroach, like there's like the great comic book effects around him. And right. the lighting changes. It's really cute. It's really to the point. Um, but yeah, the segment ends. We move right on to the next segment, which is the very last segment. Well, it's not even the segment, doll. I guess. <laughs> but yeah, it's the end of the movie, pretty much. Uh, we come back to the house at the beginning of the movie. Uh, we see the um, the garbage men. They find the comic book. They are pretty funny. They laugh for a second. Um, I'm pretty sure one of these garbage men is Tom Savini. Let me double check. I mean, you guys probably already know, but I need to know. Yes, Tom Savini. Um, 
who I love. Tom Savini, of course, is the icon, the legend, um, the special effects makeup artist, um, you know, sent to all horror fans as a gift from God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's iconic. I noticed him right away and I love him. Um, But yeah, so we come back to Tom Atkins and his son. Um, The garbage men are looking through the comic book that was thrown out and they notice that the real life voodoo doll section has already the little coupon with the information of how to order. It has already been cut out. So we, talk, uh, we cut back to Tom Atkins inside with his wife. They're in the kitchen. He starts to pretty much like gag at his throat and come to find up, uh, find out his son is upstairs with a voodoo doll that he ordered poking at his dad's throat. And he's like, that'll teach you to ever take my comic book again. And the movie ends after that. His little son is a little bastard. Yeah, a little dick. <laughs> he looks like a little asshole in the first segment. He When him and the creep show like... Um, skeleton, the the what you call it? the mascot, I guess. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, whenever they make eye contact in the first, the first segment, w- and they're just like nodding at each other. It's just such a cheesy moment, yeah. but they he looks like a little fucking asshole, <laughs> little Dennis the Menace. That's so fucking hilarious. Also, it's I mean, so s- special fan cup effects throughout this also were Tom Savini, so of course it makes sense. Um, and he killed it because they were amazing. Um, yeah, and that is the movie. It ends right after that. You know, we get the creep show skeleton that we got at the very beginning of the movie as well, which is really nice. Um, and it ends, and we come to the, an end of a classic anthology movie. So, Stormy, overall. Stormy. Do we still hate this movie? Uh, I never said I hated it. You didn't say you liked it either. <laughs> There's a difference between not liking something and absolutely hating it. There's a, that's um, a thin line. Hate is a strong word. No, uh, <laughs> um, it's fine. It's a thin line, like the coke that Stephen King. Oh my god, that's the coke that Stephen King can snort off of my asshole. Oh, um, <laughs> not me. Literally, also gonna say that same thing. I was like, oh honestly, Stephen King can snort some line off my ass, <laughs> <laughs> or not snort some line, snort a line off my ass. Um, is this right. our most explicit episode? <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, I don't know. We never talked this heavy about coke. It's like an episode of fucking, right. uh, fucking Miami Vice or something. Oh What's happening the Godfather, in this room? You oh come God, to me today <laughs> on the day of my daughter's wedding. Bitch. Uh. The Coke talk. Just casual Coke talk. I mean, I, okay, you guys. I've never done booger. Exactly. Well, I, I mean, mean, the exact same thing. I have never I have. done cocaine. Oh. Well. <laughs> I mean, good for you. <sighs> not some of us. I mean, some of us haven't stormed me. <laughs> I'm not one of those people. Uh, That's fine. So I joke about it casually, you know. I can joke about it casually too. I never like had like <laughs> Stephen King is I've so here, a- amazing. It's great to you know kind of poke fun at his Coke era. He was right. in his Coke era. <laughs> I never had an um, era. I did it once. Oh, another era. <laughs> um, I'm in my flop era. Thanks. Oh, um, me. me since 2020. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Since I started the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> never. Um, um, um. Anyways, uh, Coke's fine. Whatever. Oh. Y'all are. <laughs> Wow, Y'all are used to like, hearing us talk about eating ass, which you got to hear us talk about today again. So mm-hmm. I could have gone in more detail, but you know, maybe another movie. Tell me in for a Patreon episode. We'll talk about ass. Yeah, eating. we'll bring it up. Yeah, we'll talk about <laughs> ass eating specifically. Right. We'll bring you know ass what? eating one one. We'll watch the Human Centipede <laughs> for the Patreon, and we will talk about ass eating all. The I way. will not. <laughs> you won't watch the movie. No. Have you ever seen the Human Centipede? Yes. Oh, I've never seen it. Mm-mm. No, and thank like, you. At this point. I doubt it's going to shock me. You know I doubt it, but no, I'm good. Thank you. Well, you don't want to watch people have their mouths sewn to nope. each other's assholes? Sure don't. Honestly? 
Sounds like a good one. He said the fantasy. Shit in my mouth, daddy. So I can shit into the person behind me. Okay, let's move on. Let's rank these segments, right? Because I'm ready to smoke more weed. <laughs> okay, so we have five segments in this thing. We I'm have... going to write them down. Hold on. Yeah, please do. <laughs> you know, I'll ask you 20 times if I don't. Uh, my face ID. They said your eyes are too small right now. <laughs> Uh okay. Yep. So segment one we have Father's Day. Okay. Segment two, the lonesome death of Jordy Verrill. I'm just gonna put Stephen King. Work. Um <laughs> the next one, something to tide you over. Uh drowning. Okay. The crate. Okay. And they're creeping up on you. Oh, the cockroach. Cockroaches, yeah. So again, five okay. segments. Let's go ahead and start at the very bitty 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 bomb bomb. <laughs> bitty bitty bomb. Um, what is your least favorite segment in this movie? Bitty, bitty, cockroach the the very last segment yeah i will have to agree with you mm-hmm. they're sneaking up on you or <laughs> not sneaking up <laughs> they're creeping up on you it's probably yeah my least <laughs> favorite segment uh i don't know if it technically is the shortest it feels like it might be the shortest outside of father's day mm-hmm. uh, which i don't think it hinders it in any way but it just doesn't really allow for much to go on um the guy who's you know we're dealing with uh, mr upton is annoying he's quite literally an annoying person and mm-hmm. everything he says is abysmal um he does give his you know his he gets his comeuppance in the end and it's great and whatnot but like it doesn't make it enjoyable to sit through i'm in cockroaches just you know i mean a plus for that a plus for making me feel uncomfy um but yeah they freak me out but yeah i just think it's probably the least exciting segment yeah i i don't want to see it again ever again Wait, i've watched it three Bursting I, out of that body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've watched this movie three times for this podcast alone. Still, this is the only time we've made it through. Oh. For me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, my least favorite segment for sure. Awful. Next. Um, Jordy. Same, yeah. yeah. The lonesome death of um, Stephen King. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen King. <laughs> That's definitely my next one for sure. Yeah. Um, um, I just, it makes me feel icky. Um, mold. Mold is so gross to me if i see any type of discoloring on food like i cannot deal with that like my my parents um like if there was a moldy piece of bread they would just like take that piece out (laughs) and just like think like the rest was like not moldy you know what i mean like i don't know mold freaks you the fuck out if there's mold on bread i'm the whole loaf is gone like i just can't i don't trust it yeah there's mold on here there's spores yeah 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 in this bag in the bag right so mold's so gross and moss and like yeah it's gross it's so nasty so seeing it visually the body horror i mean a plus for making me uncomfortable for Mm -hmm. sure i quite literally gagged yeah in this segment many times yeah stormy could be my witness i literally was gagging Mm -hmm. um and yeah i mean a again bonus points for that but overall again it's just like a very you know it's a singular person um it's stephen king overacting um he makes me laugh but it's you know it's just him overreacting yeah. uh, to everything um but i think it's very solid the premise is creepy and yeah it falls in easily at my four yeah it makes me sad that i think i said it when we're talking about the actual segment but Makes me sad that Stephen, the one that Stephen King is in <laughs> physically is one of my least favorite, but whatever, whatever. Moving on to our next one. My next one is The Crate. Same. Are but we going to have the same? I don't know. I feel like our top two, of course, could be different. Probably. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, The Crate, easily. Yeah. It's whatever. It's mid. 
It, it really is mid. Uh, work. Okay. Yeah, I completely agree with it being in that middle position. Um, I feel like we don't have to explain ourselves. Much. We already <laughs> talked about this. Yeah. Okay, moving on. So what are you going to put it to? Father's Day. I'm having a hard time trying to figure out what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Father's <sighs> Day is fun. Okay, explain to me why. But, okay, yeah, Father's Day is fun. Um, but... Uh, the aunt is just so annoying. The the fat jokes for somebody who's not any remotely any like she's there's no way that she could be fat even if she gained like fifty pounds. You know what I mean? Like yeah, she's so small. Shut the fuck up. You're ridiculous. Um, just annoying characters. Honestly, like the queen doesn't can't even save it for me. You're right. You're right. You're right. I definitely understand. Um, but the zombie is so good. I was about to say. The only reason I would maybe want to put Father's Day at my number one is just because the zombie is so good. Right. Uh, the design's great. He has a catchy, catchy catchphrase. Um, you know, he wants his cake. And I want my cake too, Daddy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, I, I give think me my cake, Daddy. And, and, and this is my first viewing of this, so I don't even right. know what people consider to be iconic in this thing. I mm-hmm. don't. I really don't. But for me, watching this for the first time, the only thing that sticks out as being iconic is that zombie yeah i don't know why but like that's the one thing i'm like yeah this has to be something that people take away from this movie like it just has to be mm-hmm. outside of you know leslie nielsen being leslie nielsen i think that's <laughs> i think, I think that's this is maybe so like the most iconic thing yeah i don't know for sure but i think just for the sake of that being like my first thought i'll just be i'll be i'll you know i'll stick to my mind i'll stick to how i initially felt i'll put something to tide you over at two and father's day at one okay but I mean, it quite honestly, it could change at the drop of a dime. I love yeah. Leslie Nielsen. I love Ted Danson. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that segment as a whole. You know, I think it has a lot more uh, meat on the bones than Father's Day for sure. There's a lot yeah. more happening. Um, I think the reason I put it at one for the most part is because it has two things that terrify me, which, like I said, is the being trapped and the threat of drowning. I just it hits two of my biggest fears. And so I, I can't not. And plus Leslie Nielsen. Yeah, he's my iconic. daddy issues are screaming. I think something <laughs> I think something that tied you over is the best segment. Uh, but I do think Father's Day maybe is my favorite segment. Okay. Overall, uh, just for the aesthetics, if yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. I really love that segment. And it, I yeah, think it's such a solid start. So good. And plus we get, you know, and the dancing slashing. is ridiculous. The dancing's crazy. So uh, ridiculous. my favorite death in the movie is in that segment. Also with her neck. Oh my god, where they snap the ant's neck. Good old Sylvia. Yeah, it's Sylvia. Great. That feels like such an old name. Sylvia, yeah. yeah, and Bedelia. Sylvia and Bedelia. And then the kids are Richard and Cass. Right. What happened between generations here? I mean, I can't talk shit. My mother's name is Karen. My name is Stormy, and Alita's a- Alita. So I mean, your name is cute. Alita's name is cute. Mm. Karen, up for debate. Oh, and then before that, Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> and then before that was Elizabeth. So it's like basic, basic. Oh, fucking what the fuck happened? And Evil queen, angry Alita. white woman, storm clouds. <laughs> Storm clouds. I love it. And then an anime character. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Work. Um Yeah, that's it, I think. Whatever. Um those first two segments um are great. Uh, those are my two favorite segments in this movie and they could easily s- flip on any given day of the week, but they're amazing and I love them. And I am so happy I got to watch Creep Show for the first time. I feel so I'm glad I got to watch it with you. Thank you. Uh, Stormy yeah. suggested to, for us to watch this one. Yeah. Um and I'm very happy she did because I'm happy that I got to see this, truly and honestly. I love this movie. Um I will forever be angry at my family for not showing me this sooner. 
Um, because I know, I just know this would have been transformative for me as a kid. I know I would have loved this movie mm-hmm. so much. I like it now a lot, yeah. but obviously not to the level I would have if I was a kid. Um, but it's yeah. great. I like it a lot. I think I think my level of care for it um, definitely would have been affected if I watched it as a kid. For sure. Yeah, for, sure for sure. For sure. But well, I just I watched it a little too late. Makes sense. But well, what are you going to do now? Ranking it. Oh. Or um, reading it. Excuse me. So per- I, I have two different ratings. Okay. So like personally, she's probably like. Be truthful. Two and a half. We speak the truth on this podcast. Yeah, for me, two and a half. Okay. But I see what it does for horror. I see what people see in it. And like for the people to enjoy it, I get it. It's Uh probably like a three and a half for the people. But for me personally, she's about two and a half. Wow. Okay. I think I... Oh my god! I'm gonna get shit on. They, what if they, the people kick me off my own podcast? Nah, I'm just kidding. Nobody cares. I I didn't. I mean, I mean, for how much fucking shit I talked on Thirteen Ghosts, I think it'd be perfectly fine. Um, <laughs> You're right. Uh, I mean, the ass eating probably had a lot to do with people <laughs> enjoying that episode. Yeah, guys, it's still crazy. It's still crazy just how not good that movie is. Um, Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, but for Creep Show, um. I feel like you're probably going to give it like a four. I was going to give it a four. To Bitch. Five. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the biggest gap you and I have had. Yeah, for sure. It definitely mm-hmm. most different, differing, differing in the in opinions. Yeah, yeah. I see it. I don't feel it. See, it makes sense. But for me, the only reason is because like I know I like it a lot now. I mm-hmm. know I would have loved it more as a kid. Right. Um, as we watch more anthologies, I really, really, really start to vibe with them. I really do enjoy them. And even now where these segments feel like, at times very like long and drawn out mm-hmm. um they at least end at a spot where i'm like i'm ready for something else you know else to happen yeah. um and i watch think, it high whatever yeah and watch it high if you enjoy it that way high, i had a, i had a good time high. it's great and i mean again these segments to me they scream you know being iconic especially father's day and something to tide you over mm-hmm. um yeah i really enjoyed it and i can again i can see myself watching this probably on a yearly rotation mm. Stormy's not she's not in those vibes (laughs) but i can feel it um but yeah whatever let's move on let's move on to next week and see how we feel about next week i hope we have more differing opinions i love when we don't like the same movies to be honest yeah Mm -hmm. me too it makes me happy i also like i like when i bring something to the table that i don't care about (laughs) (laughs) see if you love it or if you're gonna shit on it too I mean, I feel like there's there's definitely been movies I feel like you didn't like that I liked because I remember you not like vibing with Night of the Demons as much. Oh yeah, I don't care for that. Yeah, see, I love that movie. But I see, just meant like, like I, I like when 80s. I I bring it. And True. I'm just like yeah, as you a brought text, this one to the table you know what too. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if we're um, looking at what we're honestly, guys, if you're looking at what we're looking at here already between me and Stormy, you know, if it's from the '80s, I'm probably gonna like it. She probably won't. Uh, well, if it's I from don't the think '90s, that's... she might like it more than I. Well, that's a lie. I feel like I like anything from the '90s, early 2000s. St- Stormy's bad. Yeah, early I hate 2000s. Everything. Are... <laughs> <laughs> Not the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. Yeah, I think early 2000s are more my th- vibe. Um, '90s, we kind of share a lot. We of definitely the same share. Interests. We share the '90s interests. Um, '80s are definitely more heavy for you. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Um, Prom Night is probably one of the most memorable movies that come to mind in the, the 80s, 80s for yeah. sure I mean, she's a classic. um and i hadn't seen it until we started the podcast yeah. i think anything um, 70s and prior is probably up in the air for both of us yeah it would just depend on the movie and then after the early aughts it's really a crapshoot for yeah, both of 2010s us. for us too is probably 2010s i feel like you we are both on the same page for the most part 
Yeah, probably. And now into the modern era, I think, again, I think we're blessed with great horror movies. Yeah. Because in the modern era, like with a lot of these recent releases, me and Stormy are kind of I can't think of anything that like I absolutely fucking hated other than the cream. Same. Yeah. I mean, it's been a great year besides that movie. Right. Um... It's almost time for <laughs> for the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm nervous There's that. to rank everything. We have to do our ranking. Which Scream is fighting for its life right now. It's it crazy. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to lie to you guys. And it's, I mean, call me a basic bitch because I will fucking take a dick from anybody in a, in a ghost face mask. But, mm-hmm. like, she's probably going to slip into the top somehow. But it's fucking fighting for its life. Scream is on its last breath. I don't know. I don't think so. Not for me. It's going to fall easy into your top. Um, I rewatched it the other day, and I I, I still love it. So it like, depends on like how many top slots you give me. But like think of everything else. Like Nope came out this year. Uh, some yeah, but that you, you and I feel differently either. about Nope too. Okay, true. We haven't talked too yeah. into detail on Nope yet either. So uh, I mean, we'll see. I'm interested to see our rankings this year. Um, I get to be a part of it this year. Thank you, Re. Shout out to Re always. Um, but also I was going to say, um, it's almost time Adrian and I make our schedule a year in advance, just so y'all know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's almost time for us to make our schedule. So if there is anything that you would like for sure for us to talk about, please start sliding in the DMS now. Yeah. Um, well, follow us on social media. Maybe I'll do a post, um, and ask everybody like, what are some monthly themes or like topics of films that they would like us to cover? Patreon members year? for sure. Be in those comments. Let us know yeah. if there's anything that you would like us to cover. Cause it's almost time for us to do that. And not to say that Adrian and I don't deviate from our normal plan, but we like to have an idea. Yeah. We'll start uh, putting some feelers out for you guys. Uh, but you know, we're hitting two hours soon here. So Stormy, where can everybody find us? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle at slash underscore her underscore pod. You can email us at slash her pod at gmail.com. You can listen to us on pretty much every platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. And you can find us on Patreon. Adrian, want to shout out our Patreon members? Yeah. So let's go ahead and give a shout out to our Patreon members. Um, with our um, established tiers currently, we do have our opening kill tier, A Nightmare on Fear Street, and our final girl tier, Sarah G, Yvette R, Michael D, Annie C, and Patience C. So thank you guys again for your continued support. Again, guys, go ahead and join the Patreon. Um, and yeah, we'll be next week, or we'll be back next week for more horror anthology goodness. Um, yeah, stay spooky, everybody. Stay spooky, guys. Bye. Bye.